And welcome to the Aspire Hire podcast, your host, Dave Glazer. We provide personal trainers with simple solutions to build a business, master online training, and eventually open their own studio. Our goal is to share business systems, marketing tools, customer service strategies to help you build a business quickly so that it can be sustained long term. Hey guys, welcome back to the Aspire Hire podcast. I'm so honored to be joined from New York City, Ms. Magda Khalifa. How are you? Doing well. How are you? I'm fantastic all the way here in Denver, but I wanted to bring you on and chat with you about the American Dream book. Uh, Why did you choose to write on this topic? Sure. Well, it came clear to me about a year ago. I was with a mentorship group uh, learning some skills and it became clear to me that I needed to share my story. And it's kind of a diverse story, a unique story with a lot of detail. So I thought it would be best to do it in the format of writing a book rather than, than a series of blogs, because that way it would establish a baseline and really show the character development in my life and how I was able to get through my journey to move from a really bad place to a really good place. Where did you begin your story when you chose to write the book, American Dream? Right. So I uh, started writing um, during the darkest chapter, which was, um, you know, I had a normal life. I went to war. And uh, when I returned from war, that's um, when my battle began. So the first chapter is, is that period of time. And then I went back to the beginning of my story. Um, explain how I got to that point and then continued from that point on through to uh, where I am today. Mm -hmm. So fill us in a little bit on that backstory. Uh, Sounds like you had a pretty normal childhood, but then uh, which campaign were you involved in 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 war? Yes. um, So it was Iraq. Um, Normal childhood grew up, went to college, got married. Um, Normal life, if you will, through the 90s, had a career NIT, and then literally uh, living here in the shadow of the World Trade Center, uh, saw the events that transpired when we were attacked. So that was uh, the catalyst that helped me decide that I wanted to go serve my country. So um, obviously we started with Afghanistan first, but I had to get trained first as a soldier. So uh, when I went, I went to Iraq. I went twice. I served two tours in Iraq. Mm-hmm. And had you always been called to military service or was it that one event in your life that um, pushed you towards the, that service? That was the catalyst to, to volunteer and go to enlist. When I was in college, I did have um, a stint with the ROTC reserve officer training corps program, but I um, didn't stay with it. You know, I, I just tasted it. If you will, had a little experience. I mean, I loved it. I love the army. Um, what I experienced, but, uh, you know, my, my father, bless him, um, pretty much kind of set me up on a course to go into business, work corporate and whatnot, and didn't believe that that would be, uh, uh, beneficial for me. So I chose a different path. However, when, of course, when our country was attacked, that's when I decided I needed to go and serve. hmm Yeah. And your experience in the two tours in Iraq, how did that relate to coming home and then your true journey beginning? Right. So um, 
between the two tours, I was experiencing what a lot of veterans experience where you feel unsettled. What are you going to transition to? So that's one of the reasons I went back for a second tour. When I came home, I had no choice. I, I felt it in full force. And this was in 2007. So um, compared to, you know, we're now in 2020. So in 13 years, we have a lot more resources and uh, we have a lot more um, answers and solutions that can help veterans. Back then we didn't, you know, the war was still fresh, that effort, you know. So, uh, so at that point, I was really struggling trying to figure out how to transition properly. Now, thankfully, I did have some things going for me um, that I was able to default to and I was functional on the outside, but I was uh, really hurting on the inside. And that was um, the dark cloud that I experienced. I had uh, a lot of depression. Um, you know, and I want to point out, there's this big label, PTS, PTSD, you know, post-traumatic stress. And everybody thinks, oh my goodness, what you saw and did changed you. And I, I get into it in the book that it's not necessarily that because you have people who deployed who didn't necessarily see or, or do anything that, that changed them, right? So what is, what is it that caused that reaction and it actually is um, a physical manifestation in your body from exposures to things in uh, in your environment for a prolonged period of time to include toxins from the burn pits that we were breathing and you know even today in 2020 there are still burn pits that operate in uh, different areas around the world where our US forces are deployed so that was one um, little things such as we drank, you know, we were pounding water all day because it was 129 degrees in the desert. So you had to hydrate, of course. And those water um, bottles were sitting in pallets in the middle of the desert, you know, with the sun beating down on them. And I have no idea where they were made. They were not made in the United States, but all the, the toxins from the plastic was was leaching into the water, so we were drinking that. And that, of course, has an effect on your body in the long run. Um, there were so many different factors that anybody who served you know, a decent amount of time overseas and was exposed to these elements usually you know, succumbed to them in some form. And it affected my body in so many different ways. Like I was able, mentally, you know, mentally, I, I was experience, experiencing depression for the first time in my life and I didn't know why. And I couldn't understand it because then you have the compounded effect of you just went through something very, very unusual, meaning in terms of the experience and you come home, you're ripped from the womb, so to speak, and come back and try to have a normal life that's just, you know, what's the playbook for that? You know, um, some people, some veterans do have a great support system. Um, I, I feel most do not, <laughs> you know, uh, for any number of reasons. And because of that, you know, you're kind of left to try to figure things out on your own. Additionally, you, uh, at least there was a lot more stigma involved back then. And you never want to show a sign of weakness. I mean, we're in the military, we're strong. And we are certainly, but you know, now people are able to talk about what went on. And now we understand why, what happened occurred because it is a physiological manifestation. A lot of people who um, had traumatic brain injuries, the symptoms from having your brain 
banged up inside your skull, right, um, are very similar to what is known as PTS, you know. So, you know, there, there's a lot of work the veteran community needs to do to break those stigmas to show, hey, we're, we're normal, we're fine, you know. We may have some toxins in us that we need to get out. Uh, many, um, you know, blast injuries need to be healed. There are uh, um, modalities such as uh, hyperbaric oxygen treatment, which has uh, shown a lot of um, success in, uh, you know, putting the pressurized oxygen through the brain and healing the areas of the brain that were damaged. The hippocampus of the brain where, you know, your emotions are tied, a lot of times they're affected by these blasts. And that explains the behaviors later on, you know. So the good news is there are so many treatments out there that can help veterans and they don't have to turn to prescription medications. Um, that seemed to have been the answer, at least, you know, in 2007, that's what I saw veterans being uh, treated with. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I did not, you know, I was always mis healthy and I, I did not want to get on medication. You know, I knew um, that was not a choice for me. So that's what made my struggle um, or making that decision. I'm glad I made that decision, but uh, in having done so, I was left to my own devices to figure out how to find my way forth. Mm -hmm. And I did. And that's why I wrote the book initially was, you know, to help veterans. But then also I had the realization that a lot of the veteran struggle is mirrored and paralleled in the civilian population as well. So I wrote this for anyone that finds themselves in some sort of situation where they, you know, um, are faced with their struggling and, you know, maybe perhaps we'll call them mental health issues or whatever the label is, right? They're struggling, they need help um, and they don't want to turn towards uh, chemical dependencies, which I would include prescription medications as chemical dependencies, be it for pain or for depression or anxiety, whatever the case is. Right? So I just wanted to share my story and provide people who can relate to some of it to have um, a, an option or, or to uh, even, even more so than that, for them to realize that they can find their own solutions. I could just guide them, you know, with my story, but um, I'm not saying what worked for me will work for them. However, if they don't want to take the route of being, um, you know, addicted to something or muted, you know, as a human, you know, because you're not living life if you're on medications, that changes you, <laughs> especially some of these psychotropic drugs that have, you know, terrible side effects. And they're compounded when you're taking several of them. You know, I mean, forget it. What kind of life are you going to be living? You're going to be existing, not living. So, you know, I just want people to know that there are options. And I'd love to see more discussions about um, these options so that people know. Because I know back then in 2007, I mean, we had internet. I mean, it was kind of like newish, you know, <laughs> compared to what it is now. But I didn't know what to do, you know. So I just defaulted to... Um, what I knew was right, what had worked for me before. But now, if I didn't share my story, that would be selfish because I know there are people out there. And since the book has come out, uh, I have heard from many people who've you know, said they're gonna make changes in their life. Um, 
they didn't always share the details of what it was that they were struggling with, but something in there helped them uh, open up their eyes to change and improvement. Mm -hmm. As compassionate, empathic people, we don't necessarily have to hear the whole story in order to make a huge impact in their lives. When you came home, you alluded a little bit to you built a family before you went to tour. Was your family a good or a neutral support system when you came home? Um, <clears throat> I would say they were actually, uh, well, when we say family, I mean, uh, at the time, I, my parents um, and my spouse. I, I didn't have children of my own. I still don't, <laughs> not that I know of. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> they, they meant well, but like many Americans who did not understand the experience that less than 1% of the population had going overseas, they didn't understand me. And I'll take um, ownership for the fact that I was probably not the most pleasant person. I mean, I had just come back from combat. You know, uh, you have a heightened, you're changed after you spend that much time in a, you know, in a war zone. And I was out and about <laughs> doing things, you know? <laughs> um, so, you know, we, we change, a lot of us change. And that being said, I recognize now that I was not necessarily a ray of sunshine <laughs> that I was previously and that I've become now. <laughs> um, I mean, I laugh at, at, about it, but yes, it was uh, um, a very, uh, it was a firestorm, you know, uh, there were definitely a lot of, there was a lot of tension. So, you know, forgiveness has been granted all around, of course, you know, but it was a very difficult situation to come home to. Uh, I know a lot of my fellow veterans came home to uh, less than supportive spouses and family members as well, or even friends, you know, um, and that, that just adds to everything that you're dealing with to include the, uh, you know, the physical manifestations in your body due to these exposures or whatever else, you know, um, is in you at the time. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I mean, I know they love me, <laughs> but, you know, um, I was speaking Chinese, they were speaking Japanese, you know, and we were just colliding and not understanding each other. Uh, so, you know, but, but what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And that was part of the journey. Um, like I said, you know, everything's great and wonderful now, uh, or it has been for, for some time. Uh, but, it, you know, when you go through struggle, that's where you grow and that's where you find what you're made of. And that's the most important thing. You know, um, I want people to know that even when it seems that those who would have your back don't or seem to not have your back, maybe they do, but it doesn't seem like they do. Um, even when that happens, you can still push through. You can, you know, deal with things later on, but you have to have faith in yourself. You have to be able to turn within and trust yourself and have that belief that you're going to be all right, that you're going to figure your way out. Um, one of the biggest takeaways I've learned in life, you know, not just, you know, in business and personal relationships and whatnot is that when we have expectations of other people, that's when we get disappointed because even the, the person with the best intentions um, can disappoint you, you know? So we have to learn to taper our expectations of others and, and also have the wherewithal to, have self-reflection and look at and realize how much, you know, maybe we've changed, um, for the better or worse, uh, you know, 
So it sounds like you were introspective after a certain amount of time after you came home and what it took for your family and support system to help you along the way was an understanding of uh, that Chinese language you were speaking and the Japanese language that they were speaking um, so that you could effectively communicate. Um, I, I wish I could say that's what happened. It, it, you know, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I think it was more, uh, a matter of time in my case, um, because for better or for worse, no, they didn't come around in the way that I needed them, but that made me even stronger. That really forced me to figure out a path ahead. And, um, I was, the one that came to the table, if you will, uh, when my dad was ill um, two and a half years ago, uh, he, as he was dying, uh, he had Alzheimer's. But that's when I started, obviously, you know, spending more time with my family and uh, trying to spend as much time as I could uh, with him. And I think that's what started a healing process in a way. And, you know, and I do speak about that candidly in the book because you know, you, you will find what you're looking for in life. But again, it goes back to you have to have faith in yourself and trust what you're doing. And it's never going to be perfect. You're never going to have it in the scenario that you want it. I wish that that reconciliation of sort, that, that peace occurred earlier because at the point that his mind started deteriorating because of the Alzheimer's, um, we couldn't have conversations. Everything worked out well. It was beautiful at the end. And I feel very connected um, to my father, even though he's not here on earth. But uh, so I found peace, which is a beautiful thing. But the whole point of it is you have to really rely on yourself and don't worry about changing what you cannot change. And you cannot change other people. You know, you have to let things go. And accept what they are and focus on what you can control, which is yourself and your actions and your goals and your dreams and your vision and where you're going to be going. So, uh, you know, the, the balance of my family, well, actually my um, ex husband and, and his new wife, we've been friends for years. They, they are family, you know, so that did turn around uh, rather quickly, which I'm very grateful for, for having them in my life. They're, they're wonderful. Um, but, you know, even, even today, even today, you know, uh, I can't say everything's been ironed out and that's totally fine. That's totally fine because I realize now looking back, I'm 46. So, you know, 40 plus years of, uh, misalignment, which became strongly misaligned probably at the time when <laughs> I did not need any more misalignment in my life, but that forged who I am. Mm -hmm. And it allows me to be passionate about helping others because when you, you have that deep threshold, you know, you understand, you know, even if we have different um, stories and uh, paths, you understand what it's like to literally be standing alone and that's okay. You know, I'm actually grateful for everything that has occurred and transpired in my life. 100%. Mm -hmm. And you talk about pushing through when you came home. How, how much was uh, your passion for fitness a part of pushing through and helping you um, along that 
self-care routine that you knew you had to take? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So uh, since high school, fitness, exercise, I would say primarily, exercise first and foremost was always important to me. It was always a priority. Uh, it started with running track. I think it was, it was uh, cross country and went to track with spring track and I did that for a couple of years in high school. And that just continued, um, you know, uh, traditional Olympic lifts, weight training and whatnot. So that was part of who I was, you know, I recognized the value for fitness. Uh, when I returned home, it was a few years later, maybe about three years, two or three years later that I, uh, when the CrossFit movement really became big and popular and had uh, its first big wave of momentum. I was living in Virginia Beach and I fell in on the functional fitness type of exercise regimen. And that brought life back into me because it, you know, brought me to a different level. Um, I took it to a different notch and it challenged me and uh, it was what I needed to sink my teeth into. Actually, um, while I was working full time, I coached on the side and uh, got a lot out of it. And of course, we all know of course, how valuable exercise is and also being part of a community um, where you find a support network in that. Uh, so that was wonderful. What I did not have dialed in until, let's see, we're in 2020, 2011, was the nutrition piece. So I thought I was eating healthy all along, following that you know food triangle. Um, I remember eating... Uh, special K cereal with skim milk. And, you know, I was tiny, you know, lean and, but not optimal. And I actually felt pretty horrible. So once again, through the functional fitness community, I started learning about a different type of eating, um, get elimination of inflammatory foods, uh, you know, cooking your, your own foods and not, you know, living off of processed foods. It changed everything for me. I noticed gains <laughs> right away in my mental clarity, um, my you know the physical uh, conditions I was experiencing started to dissipate. So that spiraled, um, and I, I went from just the, the meals that I was eating, you know, to supplementation, uh, top-notch supplementation, and that took me to another level. In fact, um, and I talk about it in the book how I was able to finally start having dreams at night when I slept for the first time in eight or nine years since I had returned from Iraq um, because I was eating so cleanly and supplementing properly that it had that effect on my body and my mind. Um, so that started opening things up and you know, healing through so many the physical manifestations and mental manifestations I was having, but I was also getting supercharged and optimized and that I think was, you know, what set me up for today. <laughs> the things I'm doing today, my brain was on fire, literally. Um, it hasn't slowed down. It it's unbelievable. Uh, I'm very I'm very grateful for this path, this journey, because having been living under, or I should say, existing, because I really wasn't living under the darkest cloud during my 30s, which should have been, you know, my best years, right? And being able to turn things around. And now in my 40s, I'm just barely scratching the surface and really starting to live my best years and become the best version of myself. That's so powerful. That's, it, there's no, you know, way to really explain that 
unless someone has been through the same journey, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it's powerful. And that's why I talked about the nutrition piece in my book as well, because I can't hold that in to myself. You know, we have all this knowledge, this information, uh, you know, when I grew up, we didn't have internet in the seventies and eighties. So you went with the little bit that you knew, you know, from, from school or whatnot. But today, I mean, it's information overload for sure. Absolutely. hundred percent. That's not always wonderful, but the, the whole point is there are options. And when people want to improve themselves, they can, you know, no longer make excuses because the information's out there. The resources are out there. And, uh, mentors are out there mentors who have accomplished what you're hoping to accomplish so that's what was the the cherry on top that helped me really open up my life and turn things around and it started with with the book that is what is going to serve others and help others because talk about the elements of time freedom health freedom and mind freedom and how if people are cognizant of that and cognizant of where they're deficient in those areas, they can take action to improve those areas and then literally find themselves in the state that I'm in, which is unstoppable and limitless. And it's a great feeling to be here. Mm -hmm. How did you initially sift through all of the uh, less than factual information to hone in on improving your mental health through that nutrition piece? Well, if it, I, I noticed the difference in me, I knew it was working. Um, the elimination first, you know, so I took, uh, I used the paleo diet and I went cold turkey. You know, I got, I went home and got rid of the boxes of special K and the, um, the milk and uh, processed foods in my pantry and whatnot. So I went cold turkey, eliminated everything and started noticing a difference. Um, I remember one time I was uh, on a date <laughs> and, uh, you know, this was 2009. So, I mean, today, you know, we hear words like organic and non-GMO. And we're all very familiar with it. You know, it's part of our vernacular, but back then it really wasn't still. So um, this date of mine insisted on me trying his milkshake and I said, no, I'm, I'm good. And I did. Okay, fine. You know, no peer pressure or anything, right? And I felt horrible. So I knew right then and there, dairy was a huge culprit. I, I felt horrible through the next day. So uh, so it hasn't been hard to be disciplined because why do I want to go back to not feeling wonderful? It just doesn't make sense. Um, so yeah. So I'm extremely sensitive to sugar and coffee and uh, gluten. Not a gluten intolerance per se, but when I ingest those inflammatory foods, I feel it almost immediately, like an itchy throat, um, achy knees. Um, when you finally found mental clarity, did you realize that that spiral kept going upward as a feedback loop from your brain to your body, from your body to your brain? And you started like kind of honing in on this mind-body connection once you cleaned up your mental clarity, and then you were able to um, maybe recover faster or tune into what your body was telling you. Absolutely. So um, I was very fortunate that because exercise was such a big part of my life, I was able to uh, um, field test, you know, these changes and, uh, you know, with physical endeavors with races and whatnot, I did see uh, distinct improvement in performance. 
Uh, I also did see a distinct improvement with mental performance um, because I was in grad, grad school at the time. And, you know, my professor's feedback uh, was that they noticed a difference in, you know, in the quality of my writing and whatnot. So I was getting all this feedback coming back to me. So I knew what I was doing was working, um, thankfully. Uh, another uh, area that was very helpful was I did a lot of volunteer work. You know, well, you know what, one thing I learned, um, a lot of veterans learned that when you help others that are worse off than you, you find purpose. Um, so I did a lot of volunteer work for veteran organizations. And in the course of doing that, I fell upon one veteran organization where one of the veterans, he's active duty and uh, absolute just mind-blowing his knowledge about the impact of these exposures on, on our bodies and uh, nutrition and, and whatnot. So uh, he would share information about the correlation between the gut and the brain, the gut and the brain, the gut and the brain. And in recent years, there have been a lot of articles that have been published that go into that. So this isn't something, you know, um, that's not well-documented. And I think as the medical community and scientific community, and I don't know what you want to call us, the, uh, the healthy uh, pioneers community, you know, um, experience that, you know, we're able to make strides and really make a difference in our lives and build that narrative and have, you know, conversations like we're doing right now about how there is a connection. If you fix your gut, you can have help fix your brain. And uh, that's powerful to know. I mean, I, I, I can't believe that we're only now, what, what are we, 2020, like in the past 10 years, this information has been more widely disseminated. Um, and there have been studies that, you know, support that, of course. But anybody who, again, the layman can, can absolutely attest to that. And on that note, what I would say is, you know, for folks who sit there waiting for, you know, oh, I must see... 18 million studies or I need, you know, um, the medical community to sign off on something. Well, okay. And I have to be careful how I say this. I want people to realize there is power when you believe in yourself and you experience something in trusting yourself. Okay. Um, unless you're the kind of person that <laughs> has made bad judgments and have, has a pattern of bad judgment. In life. But if you're sitting waiting for that magic pill, right? And we don't want to be on pills, right? That's not natural. If you're literally sitting waiting for someone to pick you up, put you down and explain everything that works. No, you, you know, not today in 2020, you have to be wise and use our brain and critical thought and take a look at things and figure out what works for you. You know, um, I'll tell folks, you know, they're, you know, um, if they want to, if they, if they believe that what they're eating is not necessarily helpful for them, eliminate something. See how you feel. If you feel better, there's a good chance that that was impacting you negatively by eliminating something else. So use a systematic approach to troubleshoot your body, your mind. Okay. And it's a very powerful feeling to do that. Uh, you know, as I've talked about, you know, my success with doing that, and this was over period of time, you know, with a lot of different health and nutrition and exercise solutions. So uh, everybody's journey is going to be different, but
but you don't know if you don't try. And if you're just sitting there waiting to, you know, one day wake up and, you know, magically feel better, you have to take ownership. You have to be able to reach out and research and try things, obviously, smartly, you know. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about elimination and I can relate to that a lot because I eliminated sugar from my diet as much as I possibly could. I eliminated coffee. I went cold turkey for two years and that might be hard for some people to swallow. Um, I eliminate gluten as much as I possibly can and a burger every now and then, not to mention an occasional beer. But what I found worked for me in addition to that was, okay, identifying what also was missing from my diet. So I chose to add in more vegetables than fruit. So I made that one little switch there, produced longer term sustainable energy for me. And it was an addition to my nutrition plan and not so much like, how can I diet or how can I quick fix? How can I crash course my body composition results? I, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Uh, in the freedom triangle that I uh, discussed in the book, the health freedom portion actually has two portions. Has the, you know, we want to get the bad things out of our body, the dependencies, you know, whether it's, you know, uh, tobacco, uh, uh, medications, uh, different prescriptions, drugs, illegal drugs, all those, you know, processed foods, everything. You want to eliminate those things safely over the right period of time, right? But you also want to introduce what your body may be missing. People are not aware that a lot of our produce that's grown today does not have the, here in the United States, does not have the same nutritional value that it did 50 years ago, 60 years ago. And that's because of the overspraying, um, the chemicals that are added to our produce. So that being said, you're not getting, you know, a cup of spinach isn't producing for you what it did 50 years ago. So you need to supplement in order to assure that your body and gut and mind is getting exactly what it needs to be optimal. So I'm glad to see that you are already doing that and have been doing that for a while. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was a solution that I found worked for myself and for my clients as well. And on top of the chemicals that are sprayed on the, on the vegetables and uh, the fruit that's grown in the United States is also the depletion of the, of the nutrients that are in the soil for overproducing for decades and decades and decades has actually deteriorated uh, the quality of food. So you might still be getting fiber in there in your broth. Are you actually getting your micronutrients that are have been depleted for years and years and years? Exactly. And our body, you know, if you think about a plant, if the plant isn't getting the nutrition it needs, it's it may be green, but it's going to be like a pale green <laughs> instead of a vibrant green. Well, we need our bodies and minds to be vibrant and healthy. And, you know, I I live it every day. I feel like a rock star, wake up full of energy. I have, you know, ray of sunshine in my life every single day, even on the gloomy, horrible days. And a lot of that really goes down to the nutrition. And there's the mindset piece, of course, which, which is very important as well. And it's all tied in together. But 
you know, people can turn their lives around. It's how bad do they want it? You know, <laughs> some people are content with uh, the status quo, you know, and uh, there's this belief system for folks still even today that, oh, well, I'm just getting older. So this is in par, you know, feeling not so great is in par with, um, you know, what happens when you reach a certain age? No, not so much. <laughs> Motivation is what gets us started and discipline is what keeps us going yes. in our modern society. So you're talking about vibrant colors. You're talking about vegetables in our diet. And a lot of recommendations that I, I suggest to my clients is add in multiple colors of those vegetables between squashes and uh, zucchinis and eggplants and your green leafy vegetables. Mm -hmm. um, find, a, find a purple lettuce instead of a green lettuce. And, and, you know, if you're, if you're, what you're eating is so beautiful, you can take an Instagram photo of it. <laughs> you're probably eating the right foods. Um, it's true though. You know, I remember uh, when I started this, you know, eight years ago, clean eating journey, going to the supermarket and looking at all of the vegetables that I didn't even know existed. Uh, you know, I never heard of or tried dragon fruit. Um, I can't, I can't remember all of them now, but you know, spaghetti squash even, you know, but <laughs> it was uh, kind of an awakening that there was this whole uh, world of healthy options that are out there, you know? Um, so yeah, it, it's an experience and you have to love the process or you're not going to do it. But I think when most people start taking control of their bodies and their minds, and getting results, they love the process because who wants to feel icky? I mean, there are enough, you know, terrible things going on um, that we need to be able to combat that. And eating clean and eating healthy, you know, the, the, the modern day version of healthy versus what was, you know, defined for us previously. Um, that's important. That's a big part of it. Absolutely. And that's why I made it part of the Freedom Triangle. Mm-hmm. Thank you so very much for coming on today and sharing your story. Uh, if your message resonates with our audience, where's the best place for them to get a hold of you? Sure, absolutely. So if they go to magdakhalifa.com, they can also text Freedom Triangle to 22828. And I have uh, information on the book there. It is available on Amazon, or they can go to americandreamsbook.com. And I do have uh, literally right now the timings on Kenny. I came out with um, trianglefragrance.com. I have confidence and victory, confidence for women and victory for men. And that's tied back to the Freedom Triangle. And it'll be shipping in a couple of weeks. So different ways that people can connect. And uh, I'm on Instagram, of course. Uh, love to connect with anybody that I can help and serve. And uh, I will be um, certainly finishing up. I have an online course that will be available that people can take at their own pace, self-assess where they're at with things. Uh, so that'll be coming out in um, probably in about a month. So if they want to sign up for the newsletter, I'll be sure to send out updates as well. Awesome. Thank you so very much. I'll be sure to put those highlights in the show notes below and the blog post and on YouTube. So uh, once again, thank you very much for your time. I know it's very valuable. And what do you say in six to 12 months, we catch up, see where you're at and uh, continue the conversation on kindfulness, which you were talking about through volunteering 
as well as uh, more correlation between fitness, nutrition, and mental health. Absolutely. Dave, thank you so much. I appreciate this conversation and being able to reach others. Yeah, my pleasure. Absolutely.